You are, you are now tuning in to Reform Raza. Our aim is to glorify God through the edification of the saints. Expect practical theology and a draw to be biblical. So if you ask us who we do this for, because this is for the last. This is Reform Raza. My name is Martin Velasquez alongside with my brothers. This is Justin Corona. And this is Victor Velasquez. And you are now in the mix. Go ahead and hit us up at reformraza.com with any questions, comments, concerns, or rebukes. You can hit us up right there. Send us an email, reformraza at gmail.com. Or you can just hit up the website. It's all good. Follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook. We can you can catch us right there. And yeah, man. Go ahead and hit that five-star like button on Apple Podcasts. Leave a comment, leave a review. We're on Spotify, we're on Overcast, we're on Anchor, we're on everything except iHeartRadio. So wherever you can find <laughs> Reform Raza. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so gracias for tuning in to another episode of your favorite podcast. Um, we're going to start this one off on a, on a cool term, man. We just got a, a voicemail from a listener, and we would like to play that just to encourage you guys, man. Leave them voicemails. Come on. We want to hear from you. We want you to comment. We want you to subscribe. We want you to do all that fun stuff, and your voice will get played on the air. So check this vato out right here. Hey, what's up, Reform Raza? My name is Benjamin. Uh, just want to let you guys know how much I liked your podcast. I just finished listening to Twist Churros, not Scripture. I loved it, man. I love the way you guys interact and just how you made it really Hispanic. Couldn't be more Hispanic. To be more Hispanic, it had to be in Espanol, man. Um, thanks for that episode. Guys, keep it up. I just started my own podcast on Anchor. Hopefully, I'll be able to get up where you guys are someday um you know just doing some sound biblical doctrine talking to people letting them know that christ is king keep it up guys great work again congratulations for the podcast and uh, keep it up guys shout out to benjamin That's what I'm talking about. We, we, we really appreciate you, brother. Um, he has a podcast called, I think it's called Metanoia, uh, which is a word for repentance. And so, yeah, I'll go ahead and check that out. It's on Anchor, I know for sure. And yeah, man, man, appreciate that. We love to hear those kind of things. It keeps us going, keeps us motivated to keep on doing these episodes, knowing that God's people are being built up. They're being edified. They're being encouraged. And just to know that there, there's other Rasa out there uh, putting in work for the kingdom and just, you know, putting out contact, uh, contact with sound biblical doctrine. That's what we're all about right here. So. Shout out to Benjamin. Gracias. Keep up the good work, brother. It's crazy. One of the, the things that, that we talked about before we recorded this was um, just how crazy, the, the not crazy, but just how the thought of, of how um, our brother, as, as, as he enjoyed our podcast and left us a voicemail, and how he said how he would love to one day be up there like us. 
um, it, it's weird to think of it like that um, because because just a year ago we thought the same way of, of other podcasts that we listened to we're like man like it'd be cool to be like that you know be more established yeah, and things like know. that but like <laughs> I don't know it, it, it's not, just, I, I don't see myself as up there or anything like that you know what I mean like, yeah it's just crazy how, how we are being viewed in that way um, all glory to God all yeah glory all, to God. all glory to God to that all glory to God but man God is good amen praise the Lord and with that you know uh, we're gonna continue with this episode the title this is season 2 episode 13 13 <laughs> lucky number 13 no. lucky number 13 alright um the title is misconceptions uh Calvinism is a misconception misconception about Calvinism um in the Hispanic church, this doctrine of Calvinism hasn't, uh, is not a pretty picture. It has been really looked down upon. And uh, what has led us to this episode is just a situation in our personal life that has just recently happened to us. Um, we recently got kicked out of our recent church, Streetlight Church, uh, over this doctrine. You know, there was differences in opinion about it and it led us uh, to being asked to leave and to go find another church where we can be built up and edified and encouraged and be taught more of the things that we align with uh, so that was a season in our life you know what i mean that season is over we are no longer affiliated with streetlight church and now we're you know headed towards a new direction a new path uh, we are not churchless though you know, shout out to the Reformed Church of Los Angeles uh, with Reverend Rudy Rubio and Pastor Chris Marquez. We are now seeking membership over there in the city of Linwood. So, you know, great church, you know, solid teaching, sound doctrine, new opportunities to grow, new opportunities to uh, gain more knowledge and wisdom and just be poured into. So it's a, it's a new season of our life. And, you know, uh, it's going to happen. You know what I mean? Uh, uh we we have had emails you guys have sent us emails and and asking questions hey i just got put on reformed theology but my my church doesn't teach this what do i do and we we've responded saying stay at your church don't leave um be be involved you know put in work let them know you know when when conversations come up about certain topics don't be afraid to talk about it um and we were doing that um not that we were like purposely trying to convert people but you know when we, when we talk about the truths of scripture, certain things just can't be denied and you can't run away from certain texts. You know what I mean? And as we, we as, as students of the Bible need to be able to confront these texts and deal with them appropri appropriately and not shy away from them or run away from them and deal with what the Bible says, the hard truths of the Bible. And so uh, that, you know, eventually I got, I got, I got this advice uh, from uh, from Jonathan from for Christ y Cultura, he said eventually every person that has been brought up in, in a non-reformed church once they get put on reformed theology, eventually is going to cause them to either get kicked out or or for them to leave, and that's very true. You know what I mean? I wasn't I didn't realize that at the time, but eventually, yeah. I mean that's that's what it's going to have to come to. And, uh, you know, we as people, we don't see um, how God works in these situations, but he's definitely at work in this situation. So we were just asked to keep us in prayer as we move forward. 
um, you know, there's a lot of feelings, there's a lot of emotions, but we as mature Christians, uh, we're not like the world, right? So we can't harvest any bitter feelings or ill will towards anybody, and we just got to keep it moving. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I think with that, it it only brought us to to this where where we're at with this episode today is the misconceptions that um the teaching of calvin and you know and even too with that it goes further than calvin it calvin wasn't the first to teach on it and he's not the last to teach on it yeah um it started even within the i believe it was the the fourth century you know with augustine yeah and even then you know that that was like a thousand years before you know more than a thousand years before calvin and but nonetheless these are things that that we are convicted by scripture of and so with this episode today, we're here to address some of the misconceptions within the, the teaching of Calvin. And, that, and that's, that's the thing, um, that our conviction comes from the scripture. It's just, uh, one misconception to start off with is to think once you call yourself a Calvinist that you're following a man and you're not following Jesus. So one of the things that would come up, we like, oh, you're following, you know, John Calvin and you're following a cult and all these things because those kind of things come up and it's not even like that <laughs> at all like there's the calvinism is not an organization you know what i mean it's yeah. not it's not a it's not uh you know it's not funded or anything it's just a nickname for the biblical teaching of what it is predestination and election because john calvin was the most popular to write on it and that's all that it was you know what I mean? Just because he was popular for, for writing on it. And they attributed that name to people who hold to this kind of teaching. And it's all a biblical conviction that we have. I mean, we, we can go through scripture, which we're going to go through, and just lay out the basically the foundation of why it is that we believe what we believe. You know what I mean? And I think this is a, a huge misconception right here because... Anytime anybody hears the word Calvinist, Calvinism, they automatically think, oh, you're part of a cult. Mm-hmm. Or, or, you know, I even got asked, so what, are you a Christian still? Or, or, yeah. or what's going on? And for, for somebody who doesn't know about uh, Calvinism or the doctrines of grace is another name for them. Yeah. Uh, once they hear the word Calvinist, I can, I, can, I can see why people would say, oh, why do you follow a man? But those are for people who don't really know the history. I mean, I, I'm reading this book right now called A Church History 101. And it's just uh, breaking you down every mm-hmm. uh, every century of, of everything of how it came to be. Yeah. And uh, man, go check out that, that book. It's on Ligonier Ministries. But once if you don't know your church history, you're going to be very ignorant of everything yeah and that, that's just that's just straight out if you don't know your church history you're gonna uh, be ignorant about these things but the, uh but man a, a, a calvinist a, a, a christian like like you said calvinist is just a biblical it's just a nickname for for keeping it biblical that, that, that's just what it comes down to well charles spurgeon in his book, A Defense of Calvinism, he basically says, a Calvinist is just one who says that salvation is of the Lord. Yeah, uh, yeah, because I mean, Calv- just within the group itself, Calvinists, it's not enough to be its own cult in a way because it only really just highlights the sovereignty of God. Yeah. Um, to the non-reformed, looking at Calvinism, they see it in that way. 
Um, but for, for us that are within the reform circle, we, like you mentioned, understand it better as the doctrines of grace because it is not something that was only tied to Calvin. It is something that is found within scripture that, you know, was taught even before Calvin. Um, and, and even then, Calvin did, didn't um, go on to point out Tulip. Tulip and, and, and the things of, of what Calvinist is today came 100 after, plus years yeah. after Calvin already died. John Calvin was not a Calvinist. He did not start <laughs> Calvinism. <laughs> Let's make that clear. And hey, another, another thing is that once you hear that word, people are going to be like, oh, he was a murderer. He did this and he said that. But like, okay. What does it have to do with the biblical teaching of predestination yeah. and election? And I, like I said, we're not following him. We follow Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. Yeah. And so we just, I, I find it useful to apply uh, the name term Calvinist, Calvinist to myself because it sparks up a lot of good conversation. And that's solely the reason why. You know what I mean? when people oh you you believe and you believe that and a lot of assumptions are automatically or even misconceptions come up like not, not, maybe i'm able to address it to those who are willing to hear um what it is the reality of what it is that we believe mm-hmm. so i i find it useful just the name just like the name reform rasa just spark up conversation to conversations that that don't want to be be had in hispanic churches and chicano churches they don't want to talk about these kind of things. Even, even even just in the general Christian population today. Yeah. I mean, we met a lot of dudes that had crazy stories that were in the same situation that we were, who were even more straight out and bold with them. That like, hey, you know what? You know, whether it's skipping over Romans 9 or skipping over certain texts and not deal with them. And when you ask about them, that's when you're asked to leave, when you ask questions and when you want to know deeper and more, they don't want to go there, you know, because we we have been taught in Hispanic church um, a lot of things that are unbiblical, that are unscriptural. You know, we, we can jump into this one right away. One of the main things that people have against Calvinism is that limited atonement part, right? Uh, we've been taught in Hispanic church that um, Jesus died, or I mean, he atoned for the sins of the whole world entirely. And that sounds beautiful and it sounds normal. And you're probably hearing this saying, well, yeah, Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. You know, like, hmm. what the heck are you guys tripping on? But if you look. Well, let, let, let's read the scripture study, where, where they're looking at that from. Because, okay, John 3 16, right? Because most times they'll, they'll refer to John 3 16, right? Mm-hmm. So if, if we read that. Um, I'll go ahead and read that real quick. John three fourteen. So I'm gonna start back there because it's it's important. Yeah. But John three fourteen it says, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who his uh, who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Anyone who believes in him is not condemned, but anyone who does not believe in is already condemned because he has not believed in the name of the one and only son of God. So it's very important to not just look at one scripture and point it out and, and say, there you go. There you have it. You need to look at the context and what it's saying, because that's a very important. So it's referencing even let's look back at how it referenced Moses. Right. So in the book of I think it's numbers, I believe 
um, or Deuteronomy, one of those two. Um, there's, this, there's there's these serpents that kept on biting the Israelites in, in their time of, of going through the wilderness. And people were dying from getting bitten from the snake. So God told Moses to get a stick and to wrap a serpent around it. And everybody who looks upon it will be saved from getting bitten and they will not die. But only those who looked upon it. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a remedy for the everybody in general. God didn't tell Moses, if you make this stick with the with the serpent, then all of Israel they're not going to be bitten by by uh, this by the snakes. No, he says only those who look upon it. So he takes that and brings it to to Jesus Christ on the cross and says, for God so loved the world that He sent His only begotten Son, that whosoever shall believe will not perish but have everlasting life. The emphasis right here is not for God so love the world. The emphasis here is that those who believe will mm-hmm. not perish. Uh, I've also heard that the emphasis is whoever. But whoever. Not, but, 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 yeah. not, but not believes. Yeah. But whoever. I, I feel like some people take the scripture and say, say for God so love the world that he gave us one only son that whoever wishes to be saved shall have eternal life. But it's yeah. not that it's to those who believe in this in the in the, in the, in the, in the son of God. And even afterwards, I'll even tell you, if, if you believe you're saved, but if you don't believe you're condemned already because you have not believed. Yeah. And so the, the importance right, right here is to those who believe. Exactly. And and think about this. Let's, let's bring it to the logical conclusion of if Jesus paid for the sins of the world entirely. All right. So the atonement of Jesus Christ um, is very powerful. Atoning meaning he paid for. He actually saved, actually paid for the sins of those who would believe. Right. So if he actually paid for the sins of the entirety of the world. That means that the entirety of the world is saved and is not condemned. Mm-hmm. That's the logical c- conclusion. I mean, con- condemnation in the sense of they're not going to hell. So if if Jesus saved the whole world, then we are universalists. And universalism is condemned by scripture. Because why? There's obviously people in hell. So you're telling me that Jesus paid for the sins of people who are burning in hell? I, I think it, it even it's right in the following verse right there. Though, that those who do not believe are already but condemned. Condemned because mm-hmm. they have not believed in the in, in the one only Son of God. So if you're telling me that Jesus paid for the sins of people who are burning in hell, then Jesus is the biggest failure of the world. Mm-hmm. Because not even his own blood was able to save those who are now perishing. It's like as uh, Pastor Chris, in, 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 if you go back to season one, our episode on election predestination, he goes from on to, to he, yeah, from Solacast, mm-hmm. he goes on to mention that, that that would then be considered double retribution because then God would have to judge again for the same thing. Yeah. And that's not the case. And we read that in Romans, we read that in, in Hebrews. The, the the atonement was final. It's not something that that it's going to be tried again. No, it's it's a one trial thing. Mm-hmm. Jesus saved. He was successful on the cross to save those who will believe. Yeah. And he he 
he definitely atoned for the sins of those who believed. So not one ounce of the Savior's blood will be in vain. All who it was meant to save will be saved. And that's just the reality of it. In Matthew chapter 1, I don't want to misquote it. So I'm going to look it up real quick. For you, man, being ready for this. <laughs> Messed up. John chapter 1, it says, right in the beginning. I'm going to get the exact verse so you guys can go and, and look it up yourself. It says, uh, 124 it says, when Joseph woke up from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took his wife. Uh, wait, wrong one. Well, it says that Jesus, his name is Jesus because um, he will die for the sins of his people. He will save his people. He will from, save his people from their sins. He sin. will save his people from their sins. So his name is Jesus for that very reason that he saved his people from their sin. That scripture does not say his name is Jesus because he saved the world from their sin. He saved his people from their sin. And that's not that's not just the Jews only. That's all who believe. Yeah, I got I gotta admit something, confess something. At first, I had a problem with this. Yeah. At first, when when I first came into your Reformed and, and, and Calvinist, once I heard the word limited atonement, I'm like, oh, I agree with everything else except that that part right there. But now seeing it now, you know, reading Scripture because it's always very important to, to refer mm -hmm. back to Scripture that limited atonement is just like you said to con contradict universalism because if there is universalism you got a problem because the bible talks about people being in hell and that there will be people in hell but this is for the believer also to understand more that you have such an assurance in salvation that jesus paid the debt in full for your sin and so now you are saved the, the bible says that they uh his blood was, was atoned and, and his sacrifice was once and for all for all of your sins uh, past future and present are, are are atoned for and so this should give the believer even more like an assurance that god did complete his work through his son jesus christ on the cross that he paid the debt in full Mm -hmm. Once and for all. Once and for all. And so you should be walking in that way that Romans Romans chapter 8 says that therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. I mean, we, we just uh, read right there in, in the book of John cha chapter 3 that if you don't believe, you, you're condemned already. But if you believe, you, you're not condemned anymore. And so this should give the, the believer more of an assurance that yes, that Christ did die and paid the debt for all of my sin in full. Yeah. And that's Matthew 121. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew 121. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, man, we're not universalists. You know what I mean? And if you deny um, limited atonement, then ultimately you're a universalist and you believe that everyone will ultimately be saved. And that's the logical conclusion that you have to come to. That's the logical conclusion that I had a discussion with a relative of mine who was my sister. Um, I We were talking about this and she had to come to that conclusion. I finally said, so you believe that everybody in the world will be saved? And she had to come to that point. She, she said, yes, everybody's going to be saved. And the point of evangelism is just to let them know that they're already saved, which is anti-scriptural. Yeah. 
that scripture says that nowhere i think she said uh everybody's saved they just gotta acknowledge that they're saved yeah and that's not evangelism Mm -hmm. Mm -mm. so i I think now moving forward i mean because the 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 purpose of this episode is to lead us into our next episodes because this is deeper in these yeah this is going to be a a, a series that we're going to go through we're going to go through the the five um points of calvinism that that is taught in calvinism which is ultimately about the sovereignty of God, which we did brush up on in season one, but this is a more in-depth of that. So um, we will get to limited atonement a lot more in depth in its own episode. Um, But just even just continuing as far as what we're talking about today is the misconceptions of Calvinism. So even just moving forward, another misconception that we hear or even have believed ourselves. I know for myself, I, I, I had the same thing too is that we don't have free will the, for for, yeah. for some of the things that is taught in calvinism or the misconception we hear is that it teaches that we don't have free will that we're robots and that that is straight it's basically that it's a misconception yeah because one thing that we do understand is we do have free will but and and here's the but that gets misconcepted the only thing that our will is limited to is choosing Christ. Mm-mm-mm. Our will aligns with our nature. So we are born in a sinful nature because of Adam. Because of that, our will, the things we do, the things we align ourselves with naturally flow from sin because of our sinful nature and it's because of that just as romans 2 will go on point or sorry romans 3 will go on point out that we because of sin we do not seek out god no one is righteous no one is good that is is a conclusion of a sinful nature for us us people and it's because of that our our will is free to do anything that aligns with our nature now the other side of that is that when we are born again, when God calls us and draw us to grace, we have now been given this ability that we have not had before, which you could read in John 6. Now we have this ability to choose Christ. And that's only because of the grace of God. Now, because of that, we, we continue to have free will more than we did in our sinful nature, because now our new nature is what? That of Christ. We are born again. We now have this, the Holy Spirit that dwells in us. And it's because of that we now have the ability to choose God. To choose the things of God, to continue moving forward in the things of God. Mm-hmm. Because Jesus said, whoever sins is a slave to sin. So ultimately, our wills are bent to our corrupted, sinful nature mm-hmm. to the point that we cannot stop sinning. If free will exists in the way that the Armenian says that it exists, then why can't you just use your free will to choose Christ? Why Why do you pray for people? Yeah. <laughs> to come to the Lord. That's why do funny. you? Why? 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 And if you tell them to just choose Christ, why wouldn't anybody want to choose Christ? I mean, think about it. If if there's this realities of heaven and hell and you present that option to people, why can't they just choose heaven? Yeah. Because they don't want to. They don't want God. 
because of their sinful nature. No one can just choose Christ. You can't do it. I, I think that's funny because you, you, you mentioned it right now is that unknowingly we pray for our loved ones. Yeah. What do we pray? God. Change their heart that they may come <laughs> to you. You're praying a Calvinistic prayer without even knowing it. You're telling God, this person on his own is not going to come to you. You have so to you have to intervene in this person's life <laughs> for him to come to you. Yeah. And that what that's what lines up with scripture. Yes. John 6:44 says, "No one this is Jesus words. No one is able to come to me unless the Father who draws who sent me draws him and I will raise him up on the last day." No one is able to come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. That is an absolute statement. You can't mess with that. No one can come. What, what does that mean? It means that no one can come to Jesus without the Father drawing him to Jesus Christ. And that lines up with John um, Romans chapter 3. No one seeks after God. Left to our own free will choice, we will not choose Christ. It takes a redemptive, saving grace to draw someone to Jesus Christ and God will do something in that person's life. He will save them. He will keep them. He will restore them. And on the last day, they will be in glory with him. That is a much better uh, teaching than if you come to him on your own, you have to keep yourself saved because if you don't keep yourself saved, you're going to lose your salvation. And that is a horrible teaching. It's horrible. Uh, I've heard it said that uh, no one can can uh, in that scripture, that portion of scripture. I heard people say, "Well, no one can snatch him, snatch him out of his hands, but you can." But that 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 yeah. you, they don't read Romans eight that says, "Nothing shall be able to separate me from the love of God. Nothing, no, on heaven and on earth, height nor depth, angels nor demons, no nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord." And I gotta tell you the truth that the hyper Calvinists don't help in this situation. No, yeah, because uh, I, I, like I said, I'm, I understand why people get a misconception. Because if you ask a hyper Calvinist, they'd be like, "Yes, we're all we're all pawns in, in in God's chess game. We're all we're all just robots." And it's like, no, you're getting a misconception right there. Because the reality is, uh, I've heard you use you use this before, uh, Martin, uh-huh. that. Do you have the ability to choose what you're going to wear? Yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. What you're going to eat? Yeah, you do. You do have that. But in regards to salvation, the Word of God says you are saved by grace through faith for, uh, for the glory of God alone. So, so if, if I have, if if I saved myself, the glory goes to me. Yeah, I, I'm, the, I'm the one that accomplished it. I'm the one. It's my salvation. But no. This in this way, who gets the glory? God gets the glory in the, in this other way, because it's not that I I'm not saved by my own works or what I have done. And, and I gotta tell you the truth: in this generation, everybody wants to feel accomplished. Everybody wants to feel yeah. like I did it, I saved myself. But no, God saved us. We were dead in our trespasses and our sins. We were dead. A dead man cannot choose. We were all Lazarus. We were all, yeah, we were all Lazarus. And what did Jesus say? Lazarus, come out. 
And, and, and immediately we, What do you we, do? We have to obey the voice of he God He came and, out And he came out He was, he he brought, was raised from raised the dead From the power of God Yes And I think that flows into The, the next uh, misconception That we have on our list is God saves us against our will Look, um, oh, I, I think this is more than a misconception. This statement that God saves us against our will is more of a misunderstanding. Yeah. Um, because God has to save us against our will. As, as we just mentioned, <laughs> there is no other way. There is no other way. Because our, we do not will to be saved. Um, he has to intervene. There has to be a divine intervention in a sinner's life that they may be drawn to grace. And... Um, and, and and one I think a good example is a, a man that has drowned will not refuse another person that's resuscitating him. It, it is not that way. It's not that when we when we get saved, we just look at God and say, "Why did you save me? I didn't want to be saved." Yeah. No, there's there is this thanksgiving in our hearts, that overflow of gratitude towards God. Why? Because He saved us. Mm-hmm. We understand that there was no other way I could come to this knowledge unless God did a work in my life. And it's because of that I am all the more grateful to this God, my Lord, my Savior. Amen. Right? Amen. John 1, 9 through 13 says, The true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his and his own people. His own people did not receive him, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. If you want to talk about the will of man choosing Christ on his own, the scripture says otherwise. It says he gave the right to become children of God to those who believed. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man. They were not born again out of their own will, but of God. It was God who changed their heart, who made them born again, who drew him to himself and did the work in him. There's no human effort in that. All we did to make our salvation possible was the sin that made it possible. And we are slaves even to that. Mm-hmm. So man gets no glory in his salvation. A lot of dudes from Victor Outreach like to be like, you know, I don't praise God for my salvation. This is the salvation of the Lord. It's not your salvation. Salvation beca- salvation is of the Lord. That's all that it is. You know, and that's a hard truth for, for people to swallow because we've been taught, you know, in, in these kind of churches, you know, choose Christ. You have to do this. You have to do that. And uh, it's all works, 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 works. Reformed theology, Calvinism sets you free from works and brings you into the grace of God. It says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. I think uh, with that, that, that gives up. If you keep telling people, you got to do it, you got to do this, you got to do that, you're just putting a burden on, on people that, that they're ne- never going to be able to carry this burden. You you, uh, you know, the, the preacher tells them 10 steps to get saved and... and and uh, I, I, heard, I heard a preacher once say this Once you tell people 10 steps to, uh, to be saved You're going to lead them into depression Because what happens when you follow these 10 steps And you're not saved What happens when you follow these certain steps And, and, and nothing happens So um, it, it's It's all God man To God be the glory and to him alone Romans 9.15 says for, 
For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. So then it depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. So if you want to talk about the will of man, you're going to have to do some work to insert man's will in salvation to the scripture. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to put that in the text. Because what we're doing is just, we're just reading the scripture. And the scripture says that it doesn't depend on human will, but on God who has mercy. I, I think an- another a good portion to go back to is um, John 3, when Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus. Speaking in tongues, brother? Nicodemus. Nicodemus. I don't know what I was going to say. But when he was speaking to him, what must I do to answer the kingdom? You have to be born again. Mm-hmm. Well, how, how can I be born again? I can't go back into my mother's womb a, a second time. Says, <laughs> so are and, you not the teacher of Israel? And, yeah. and, and Jesus says something that is, well, for us, it's just like, he says that the spirit of God is like the wind and it moves wherever it goes. Mm-mm-mm. Can you, person, control the wind? You can set a sail up to um, catch wind, but can you control the wind? You cannot. Mm-mm. So one one person can ask this. If, if it is our will, if we are able to choose God without an intervention from God, my question then is, can we be, or not even just be born unborn again, how, how then do we bring the spirit to save me how can i call upon the holy spirit to save me how will i come to that understanding of even wanting to be saved unless i have recognized i am in need of a savior and even then scripture will go on to point out that that is the work of god yeah. I, I mean in, in i believe what was it romans 10 he goes into roman how are they to have faith that they don't have someone to preach mm-hmm. and what are they going to preach they're going to preach the gospel the power of God into salvation mm. the gospel itself that changes the heart of man and God is able to convert a soul that's ultimately what we believe that it's God is able to do these things when, when we, let's even talk about evangelism uh, another misconception is that oh you're Calvinist so, and you believe people are elected and they're predestined to be saved <laughs> so what's the purpose of evangelizing that gives me more of a purpose to be to be evangelistic because I don't know who's gonna, who's saved and who's not. My call and my duty in obeying Christ, he says, preach the gospel to all nations, make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey the word of God, all nations, everybody. So Jesus calls us to make disciples of all nations. He didn't say go and make disciples of certain people. No, he says, preach the gospel to everyone, preach the gospel to everyone. And God will draw to himself those whom he has chosen before the foundation of the world. And we have that assurance. You go back and, and listen to the evangelism episode we did with Brother Lamont in the season one. Mm-hmm. We talked about this. We're, there's a 100% success rate in evangelism because we know that God will save his people. On the hearing of the gospel, those whom he has elected will respond to the gospel call and they will come in repentance and faith and God will save them. I'm reminded of the evangelism evangelism conference. That yes. was, man, 
I heard that they're gonna put up another one, so I'm waiting for that. For for that, but this evangelism conference, I remember this this thing that 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 was said that you have a hundred percent guarantee when you're evangelizing, but success is not found in numbers or or you know how many people did you save. Success is found if you preach the gospel or not, mm-hmm. because that's the only way that people will will, will hear the gospel, have faith. And respond to God, but our job as we're evangelizing, one thing that they said too was our testimonies are not the gospel. Mm-hmm. Our testimonies is yeah, it, it's what happened. It's our story of how we came to Christ, but the gospel is the gospel, not our testimonies. And so our our success in evangelism is have we preached the gospel and that will relieve again this relieves such a huge burden that it's not dependent on me i'm not the savior i'm not the superhero here i'm the one that's that's called out to to preach the gospel knowing that god will draw his people to himself and that that, that that's a huge plus right there that that our job is, is to simply to preach and knowing that we will have a hundred percent guarantee that god will draw his people to himself Let's check this out. In Acts 13, 44 uh, through 48, it says, The next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. But when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and began to contradict what was spoken by Paul, reviling him. And Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly, saying, It was necessary that the word of God be spoken first to you, and the Jews, since you thrust it aside and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life. Behold, we are turning to the Gentiles, for so the Lord commanded us, saying, then he quotes scripture from the Old Testament, I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. And the Gentiles heard this, They, be, when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord, and as many as were appointed to eternal life believed. Mm. So it was always in God's redemptive plan to bring Gentiles to salvation. So when that time came for the Gentiles to hear the gospel, it says, and I quote, and as many as were appointed to eternal life believed. What does that mean? It's exactly what it says. Those who were appointed, those who were in other translation says, and those who were ordained unto eternal life believed. Mm-hmm. There is an ordination, there is an election, there is a choosing on God's part, a group of people whom he will save through his blood before the foundations of the world. And when they hear the gospel, they will be saved. Jesus was 100% successful in saving those whom will believe, those whom he has chosen, his elect, his predestined people. To save and and they will be saved. So when they hear the gospel, all those who are who are appointed unto eternal life, they will believe. And what's another beautiful thing that he says? And he will not lose one. And he will not lose not one. Jesus Christ will receive the recompense for his suffering. Um, all whom the Father has has given to the Son, he will receive all of his people, one hundred percent of his people. And none of them will fall away. None. I think another good uh, parable that Jesus um, in Matthew 13 goes on to share is the wheat and tares. 
um, mm-hmm. in this misconception of why why bother evangelizing. In the parable, he goes on to say, well, the, the workers go on and point out, the enemy has sown tares within the wheat fields. Are, are we to then just point separate the two? And, and no, we gather them together. And, and as they are tossed in the air, because the, the tear is, has less, well, I mean, well, well, for the farmers, they would understand, tares, though they are similar to wheat, they are still different. And it's because of that, they are lighter. So when tossed in the air, the wind will carry out the tares and the wheat will only remain. In the same way, when we go and we preach the gospel and evangelize to people around us, we are to do so in that way. We don't, for, for those of us that hold on to the doctrine of grace or the, these teachings of, of Calvinism, um, we don't go out looking for the elect. That's another misconception. Mm-hmm. We do as any other Christian does. We preach the gospel knowing, though, more so that God will keep those whom he has appointed. Those whom are called will come, whether they come um, with, with that very moment that we are preaching the gospel to that person or knowing that through God's grace and, and, and sovereignty that, that even if I preach to somebody and they don't receive it that day, that there is a possibility that that would work in a person's life, that they will come to repentance. Either but the finding fo- a seed or watering, whatever it is. But yeah. the, 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 the best way I've heard it is that, you know, going referring back to Romans 10, is evangelism and discipling is the means of grace. Mm-hmm. How is a person going to be saved if, they, if, if we are not out there to preach? So even if someone does, you know, is, is considered a hyper-Calvinist and believe in election and all that, they are still failing the mission by not preaching the word to all people. Mm-hmm. Why? Because preaching the gospel, evangelizing the people is the means by which people are saved. Exactly. Exactly. You bring up a good point that there's a misconception that people think that... Uh, it's like if we have we have tar- targets on us. It's like okay, you're elect, you're not elect, you're going to heaven, <laughs> yeah. you're going to hell, and this and that. Mm-hmm. We're not God. We're not choosing who goes or not. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know who's gonna who's gonna be saved or not. Our job is simply just to preach the gospel because exactly. that's what our Lord Jesus commanded us to do. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, nations, teaching them, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And if you look at the the Old Testament. In a lot of ways that that God's glory was shown, he did, he did it in in a in crazy ways. I mean, you know, the walls of Jericho coming down that they, they went around seven times and blew a horn and then the walls came down. Uh, you know, Sarah being old in age, uh, she, she bore she bore a son. And in many instances, David and Goliath, this little boy uh, David, you know, conquered the giant. And by the way, that that was Jesus conquering death on the cross. Just just. Just referring to that. But well, what I'm trying to say is that and nowadays, how is God's glory shown even more when he takes a wretched sinner low to the dirt and he saves a wretched sinner like me, like you, and he chooses him to go out and let his glory be known by making his name known to all the nations and that people may, may be saved in that way. And we are just privileged to, to, to even be a part of, of this, a part of God's work. 
that we are chosen to go out and and uh, and and be used by God as an instrument to 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 bring God's people. Not that we're going to choose who goes to hell, who who doesn't. We just preach the gospel to all the nations, to everybody, knowing that God will ultimately bring the glory to Himself by drawing His people to Himself, and that that should cause us to 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 want to evangelize even yeah. more. That man, God took a wretched sinner like me. And wants to use me to for his own glory, not for mine, not for me, but for his own glory and his alone. This should motivate you to 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 go evangelize and not just sit on your butt. Exactly. We all sing the song. <laughs> Amazing grace. Yeah. How sweet the sound. Come on, Victor. That, that saved the wretch like me. me. Oh. We we understand. <laughs> Reform Rasa worship coming live. No. <laughs> Mixtape coming soon. No, uh, but I mean, we we seen that song, and 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 though we are not fully understanding of the words, if if we don't understand it, we we at least come to that realization that it is by grace we have been saved. Yeah, because mm-hmm. we understand that we are wretched before God, just as Isaiah. Woe me. Mm-hmm. Woe oh. is me. Or Paul, oh wretched man that I am. Amen. He, he didn't say, oh, how righteous of a man I am, Lord. Mm. No, he understood. Even Paul, the things that I want to do, I do not do. And the things that I don't want to do, that I end up doing. Yeah. That's, a, I mean, that's man. And God needs to step in to be able to make us do those kind of things. And, and Ezekiel 36, when it talks about, the, you know, taking the heart of stone out, putting a heart of flesh, he says, and I will put my commandments in their hearts and I will make them walk in my statutes. I will make them walk in my statutes. We are created for good works in Christ Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2. And he will see to it. Yeah. To completion. And Ephesians 2, he puts, he puts in us both the will and be able to do he puts that in us to be able to work it out. He puts it in, in, in us. And and one of the things at the end of Ephesians 2, he goes on to say that we are created for good works in Christ Jesus, that we should walk in it. Mm-hmm. That we should walk in them. It's not that, that we can walk in it, that, that we choose to walk, no, that we should walk in it. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. And well, yeah, and now moving on. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we could go further. <laughs> hey, you but know what we will. This is the purpose of the series. Yeah, no, we yeah we're gonna we're gonna go into uh, and deeper into everything that we talked about today. Right now, we're just skimming through the the um, basically just an overview of you know overall misconceptions. But we're gonna go through all these all these things in detail. Yeah, and I mean, because it's very important. I mean, it's very important because it has to do with the sovereignty of God. Has to do with the sovereignty of God. Has to do with man's responsibility and how we are to respond to God. Uh, but another misconception would be: no matter what the elect do, that they cannot lose their salvation. So you've heard it said of times of old: <laughs> once saved, always saved. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you know if you yeah. spent any time around any Hispanic church, you're gonna hear that phrase: once saved, always saved. And is is that what we believe? Yes and no. <laughs> not, not in the way not that it presents no. itself. No, yeah, no. no, no. Check this yes out. Yes and no. This is, this is all about misconceptions, right? So here's a misconception. I don't hold to once saved, always saved. I do not. 
I hold to the perseverance of the saints, but not once saved, always saved. Because with that once saved, always saved, they take it as, oh, you said the prayer, you got saved. And that means that if you want to, you can go and, you know, go sin all you want and you're not going to lose your salvation. That's, that's not what we're talking that's about. A that's a misconception of that. Of its own. The person who has been saved has been regenerated. His heart has been so transformed that he wants he hates the sin that he once loved and now loves the righteousness that he used to hate. And as his heart has been transformed, it's been made new, his heart is now inclined to do the will of God. So it's not that he wants to sin. He weeps over sin. He he mourns over his sin. Every time he, he lashes out in anger, he is convicted. Every time he, he doesn't do what he knows he ought to do to please God, he is convicted of his sin and he repents and he gets getting closer to the Lord. That's what the regenerated man does. He's not going to want to sin. Is he going to sin? Yeah, he is, but not purposely. Not, not, I mean, not, not saying that regenerate people will never commit, you know, like adultery, things like that could ever be possible, but it's not a general sense of, of, of it. So God has so transformed the nature of this man that his heart is now leaned towards God and he's not going to want to sin, but to please him. And I think that's where we hear. Um, even in the gospels of when Jesus goes to have dinner with some of the Pharisees and here comes this woman weeping, um, using her tears to wash the feet of Jesus and her hair to wipe them down, um, is because she has been so changed by Christ that she weeps and mourns over sin. Mm -hmm. This woman that was once a prostitute and, and even further, I mean, this is just a, I mean like I mean this is misconceptions but I mean this is something we pointed out in an episode in season one that we also have done um, we cannot lose our salvation and and those two get mixed up the the once saved always saved and we cannot lose our salvation no and and even in another episode we did in season one the fruit of the spirit one is that <laughs> yep, a saved yep. a saved man or woman will naturally flow fruits of the spirit and that is the yeah. indicator of a genuine faith in christ mm-hmm. now in this statement that no matter what the elect do they cannot lose their salvation this is now pointing out contrary to scripture when paul goes on to say um what then shall we say shall we continue in sin that grace may abound more certainly not by all means no and he would certainly say not. i find your lack of faith disturbing <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it is exactly that. There is a lack of faith with that stance if you believe that. Why? Because when when a when a another example that um, other preachers have used is that when if I told you standing in front of um, in front of a crowd or even just in front of a congregation that I have just been hit by eighteen wheeler, you would then look at me weird and. And, and, and almost just confuse or think I'm crazy because then where's the evidence of me being hit by an 18-wheeler? I would be in the hospital. I wouldn't be able to stand um, before a crowd. There would be evidence of a collision within mm-hmm. my own life. And it's because of that. There will be evidence. There will be a mark of a Christian, which is the fruit of the Spirit. You would, you would see a changed life within a person. And it's because of that we are able to indicate a, a believer between a 
um, a person that, that is not a believer. So for an, an elect person to go back into sinning, that's where we question um, their, their, their salvation. And, it, yeah. and, and, and it's not in a way to question and say, well, they're not elect. Mm-mm. You know what? Cast them out. No. It only then draws us back to the cycle of let's preach the gospel to them again. And in First John, we would say they went out from among us so that it, may, it might be made known that they were never of us. So it could very well be possible that they were never saved in the first place. And does that mean we give up? No. Mm-mm. We continue to preach the gospel. Amen. Look, I hate it when people say that you can lose your salvation. Because I believe John MacArthur was the one that said if I if I could lose my salvation, I would have lost it a long time ago. Oh yeah, and that's yeah. The, and that's the real mm-hmm. the reality. And telling people that you can lose your salvation, you're saying that God's God's redemptive work through Jesus Christ wasn't enough. The blood of Christ was not enough to keep you saved. Mm-hmm. And that's that's just that's, that's bl- blasphemy. That's blasphemy right there. Oh, we don't have that button yeah. no more, huh? No, yeah, we do actually. But yeah, there's too much work. <laughs> well, you, well, you know what? <laughs> that 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 um, teaching in itself, the you could lose your salvation. I I see it more aligned with Catholicism. Yeah, mm-hmm. because I'm ultimately it is just that when mm-hmm. in Catholicism, if you are baptized, original sin is removed from you. So now you have this clean state between you and God. And if you believe that you can lose your salvation, it is almost in the same way that you um, came to God, you believed, now you're right with God, now you just gotta keep yourself. And mm-hmm. and in following in line with Catholicism is pretty much that. You've lost your original sin, and now you have to keep yourself. <laughs> yeah. And, and and how you keep yourself is by doing what, whatever it is that the, the priest or the father the tells you to do to atone for sins in your life. And, and what do they tell you to keep your salvation? Continue to repent. To, 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 to continue to show yourself approved. Now, in a sense, that is correct, but with a wrong understanding of it. Yeah. yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah. A huge misconception about this is that when it comes to Calvinism and the whole, uh, sal- you know, lose your salvation and all that, people people tend to think, well, you take your focus off of Jesus and you just focus on Calvin. But it's like, no. I depend more on Jesus now more than ever. This whole episode, I mean, we've just been talking about Jesus and his salvation. Yeah, people get the misconception. Calvin, 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 you stop talking about Calvin. Talk about Jesus and the Word of God. And relax. You know what I mean? Like relax. People, Victor, no, no, <laughs> hey, hey, I apologize. <laughs> uh, no, no, but but because I'm saying this that there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. That's not yeah. a license for you to go and keep on sinning and do whatever you want. It's the fact that you keep doing that 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 like you said justin we're get, we're gonna have to question if you're saved or not because yeah because i mean a person who is truly saved who has been transformed is not gonna want to go back to the dirt it's not gonna want to go back and if we should fall the word of god gives us assurance to the through the to first john mm-hmm. that that you know, John, John says, my dear children, I write this so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father. That's right. Jesus Christ, the righteous. He is a propitiation for our sins. Go look up the word propitiation. It's a very important word. Amen. But know that there is repentance involved. We're not telling people, oh, no, just one saved, always saved, and, and you can do it. No, it's not. You have a huge mis- misconception. We have to repent on the daily and look to Christ every single day. 
I cannot go a moment without Christ because if I once I turn my, my eyes off of Christ, I go back to my flesh. But that's why I have to keep moving forward. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And, and Christ will guide you. He will be with you with, with the Holy Spirit. And so we have that assurance mm-hmm. that God will be with us. Confess, renounce, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And we keep moving forward because as Philippians tells us that we will not be completed until the day of Christ Jesus. So we're all still in the process. So is it going to be be times where we sin? Yeah, there is. It's it's not like, oh, you're saying that we're all sin. We're, we're not we're not sinless. We just sin less. Mm-hmm. So bars, <laughs> and just to f- finish off, man. So, so if the uh, if you can't lose your salvation, then a lot of people say, on the contrary, okay, what if the non-elect people can they never be saved? Or oh, you believe that people who are, who aren't elect they can't be saved? Then right, no matter how much they want to be or desire to be saved, if they're not elect, they're they're just not going to be saved. I'm, 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 I'm trying to find the grace to say this. That is the most unbiblical question that you could ever ask. You have to have zero knowledge of this doctrine to ask that question. That is on the real. Because if, if we take the Bible as a whole, we just don't take it one scripture here, one scripture there. We need to take the Bible in its entirety to see the redemptive plan of Jesus Christ from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation. It's all about the salvific plan of Jesus Christ from Old to New Testament. So we, we need to talk about the doctrine of total depravity. People do not want to be saved. They don't want Christ in their natural state of being. Romans 3, no one seeks after God. No one seeks after God. We That goes back to the whole free will thing. If people left to themselves without any influence of God, they don't want Christ. They don't want him. Well, well think about it too in the, in the time of Noah. That, that generation was more closer to the garden than we are. Mm-hmm. More knowledgeable of the garden. I mean, Adam was, was still around during the time as people were um, multiplying, right? And so was uh, Elijah. No, not Elijah. Um, what's his name? Enoch. Mm-hmm. Enoch and even Noah. And even they rejected it. Why? Because they were still in sinful nature. There was no faith in. There was no. In, they didn't want God. And, and, and they had the closest reliable source to even having a faith in God. Why? Because they were closer to the time of the garden. But then, but then even then, um, that, that the flip side of that misconception, basically saying that no matter how hard the non-elect try, they cannot be saved. I don't even know where to get that concept from, honestly, because Jesus himself exactly. said, come on to me and you will be saved. He will not cast anybody exactly. out. Exactly. Come on to me and you will not be cast out. So that's not even the question. The question is, do, do you want Christ? Then go to him, run to him, and he will receive you. Exactly. Yeah, I was going to point that out that, I mean, if you're still listening to this episode right now and you're not. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. <laughs> praise man. the Lord. God has, you know, kept you this long. And if you're having questions about, you know, what does Calvinism teach or the doctrines of grace, if you want to put it that way instead, 
And if you're having problems with uh, trying to figure out, oh, what, what is election? What is predestination? And am I elect? Am I predestined? You, you just got to ask yourself a couple of questions. One of them, uh, I mean, one of them, one of them is that, do you, do you want Christ? Are, are you running to him? If you are falling short and you call yourself a Christian, are you running to the feet of Christ? Are you running to him or are you running to the world? Are, are you going back and forth? Do you want Christ? Are you repenting? Are you crying mm -hmm. out to God? Because it's just like that scripture that, that, that you said right now, that those who call on to me, I will not cast away. So if you're having these, these type of questions, like, am I elect? Am I doing this? Am I doing that? First off, I would encourage you to dig into the scriptures because God will reveal himself through the, through the scriptures. And then ask yourself, I mean, I mean, question yourself. You know, the word of God says, test, test, test yourself to see whether you're in the spirit or not. Mm -hmm. Are you running to the feet of Christ? Are you repenting? Are you being obedient to the word of God? Because uh, Jesus said it himself that, you know, abide in me and I will abide in you. Apart from me, you can't do nothing. Are you abiding in the things of Christ? These are just questions that you got to ask yourself. And instead of asking who's predestined, who's elect, are you running to him? And are you doing his will? Are you evangelizing? Are, not, not to say that, that that's a work or anything, but, but, you know, has God changed your heart so much that you hate sin and you're running away from it, knowing that God will bring you to completion one day? Run to the feet of the cross. Run to him. That's what you got to do. Just trust have faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Amen. And I mean, the reason we even talking about this, I mean, I mean, it's important for us to know these things, but you know, it's for, it's to grow in maturity, growing, growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, this is something for, for that every believer must run into if you're reading scripture. Mm-hmm. If you're really going verse by verse and you're reading chapter by chapter, you're going to run into all these texts I mentioned, predestination, election, you know, the will of man and all these things. You're going to run into them and you're going to have to ask yourself some hard questions and, and truthful questions to say, is what I've been taught, what I've been hearing, does it align with scripture? And if not, no matter how attached you are, no matter if it's your own family member that is saying these things, you have to side with scripture and that's going to cause problems because the people who say that they're non-denominational and they're non-traditionalists have the most tradition and the non-denomin and their denomination of non-denomination you know what i mean so side with scripture don't side with us don't side with armenian side with with scripture as a whole yeah and you're going to come to the conclusion, it's, it's God's word, and that's what he says. So we must stand firm on God's word, no matter if man turns his back on you. You know that Christ will keep you, he will restore you, and if all things work out for the good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose, then even this situation that, we, that has come to us, being kicked out of our church, having to start going to a new church, it all works out for God's glory. Always for God's glory and for the benefit of his redeemed elect people. I think one of the, the hardest hurdle that when we hear Calvinism or Calvinist um, is that hurdle that we mentioned in season one is it, it's not so much as every other teaching 
from Calvinism, but more so of election. Because we all have family. We all have loved ones that we want to see be saved. And just the thought that they can't be saved is a stumbling block within our own self to just being open to scripture and what scripture says explicitly. I mean, this is not something that's Im implied. This is something that is very explicit. I mean, the words elect, the words predestination, foreknowledge Biblical. Biblical are all words. words found in the Bible. Um, and you know what? I get it. I understand why, because I too have hit that hurdle before. Before coming to this, just as you mentioned too, Victor, um, it, that, I mean, if, I feel like that is the hurdle that all of us have jumped over to see these doctrines as, as I mean, now I see why it is considered the doctrines of grace. Mm -hmm. It really is just that it is the by the grace of God that we are saved. And, and once we're able to hurdle over this, I mean, really, <laughs> it, this, this only just only assures the believer and removes the unnecessary burden of saving ourselves and trying to save other people it is all the work of god i am just a tool the means by which the work is being continued amen and continue to preach the gospel the real right biblical gospel because in that is the power of god unto salvation for all who will believe yeah preach the gospel to your family members preach the gospel to your co-workers preach the gospel to those people who are burdened in your heart preach the gospel and continue to preach the gospel and Christ will save his people. And I, I think lastly, the, the, I, I, think, I mean, we don't have it here on our list, but a, another misconception just very briefly that I, that I could recall is that Calvinists teach Calvinism. <laughs> <laughs> that they go and they specifically go and start teaching people, even new believers, whatever, election. But ultimately, election is not for the unbeliever. Okay. Election is not a doctrine we go and that teach people as a way of evangelizing. Yeah. <laughs> election, when it's brought up by Paul, is brought up to the church, not yes. the yeah. non-believer. It is brought up to the church. Why? Why is it brought up? For the sake of assurance. Amen. So that the believer has an assurance before Christ that they that they are elected by God and it's because of that they will be secured mm -hmm. by God. Amen. Uh, I heard John Piper use Ephesians chapter one and, and he used this so right but but yet the misconception we're not going around telling people you're predestined. You're <laughs> predestined. You're <laughs> not you're elect you're <laughs> not no. I love the way that you put it like that Justin that predestination is for the believer. Paul says it in Ephesians chapter 1. Of course, as he addresses the letter, he, he always says, by the grace of God uh, to the church, grace to you. Uh, but Ephesians chapter 1, he says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. When he says blessed, he says praise be to God. He's giving God the glory. And he keeps... And, and, and that whole portion in chapter one, he's referring to in him, in Christ, his love, his predestiny, him, him. It's all about God. And he says, 
in him you were predestined to the adoptions as sons and so that's giving god the glory for what he has done in our lives so predestination or elect is exactly as you put it for the elect for, for the assurance of the believer but for the praise and the glory of god that he has done a great work in our lives and it's not for us but soli deo gloria to god be the glory alone And, and, and you know what? You know what's the funniest thing that they just came to me right now too, as, as we're ending this episode right now, is that uh, it's funny that the misconception of the Calvinists is that we go and preach election and predestination to the unbeliever as a type of gospel, but it's the funniest thing because it's actually the other way. The evangelists or the um, the non-denominational or the the person that's not Calvinist are actually doing that not the Calvinists. Why? Because they go and they start preaching to the unbeliever. Jeremiah 29, 11, God has plans for you. <laughs> and un- unknowingly, they're the ones that are preaching predestination to a, pe- to a people that do not believe in God. Hey, wow. That's a good point. <laughs> for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. So you're telling me that my I'm a, God has a predetermined plan for me? Uh, and again, that's uh, go back to uh, we twist churros, not scripture. <laughs> because that, that again is out of context when people preach that to other people. Hit us up, reformrasa at gmail.com, reformrasa.com with any questions, comments, concerns, or rebukes. And if you find yourself currently in a <laughs> church uh, where they don't preach these things, but you have come to believe reformed theology and Calvinism, um, stay strong, my brother. Stay strong, my sister. Um, be in prayer because um, I wasn't aware of it earlier, but it could very well happen to you also that it comes to a point where either you're going to be asked to leave or you're just going to have to leave on your own. Um, don't leave in bitter um, feelings or in anger. Sometimes it may be inevitable, but you know, try to give as much grace as you can because it is a tough situation it's a hurtful situation but Mm -hmm. um we want to do you know our part as christians and having no ill will towards anyone pun intended um just be be grow in the grace and knowledge of our lord jesus christ you know walk in the fruit of the spirit and you know don't give any room for any don't give no room for the devil to creep in and you know, just go in there in like a wrecking ball and just destroy everything. You know what I mean? Uh, walk in grace. You know what I mean? It may be tough. Stay in prayer, stay in the word, and Christ will pull you through. He's pulling us through, and we're excited for this new season of our life, this new season of our podcast, just to see where God is going to take us, you know. And, hey, I think, you know, it works out for the glory because we're just growing in the, growing in the Lord. We're going to continue forward. So continue on, my brother. Continue on, my sister. I, I, I would like to, um, if this episode was encouraging for you, Go ahead and give us a, a rating, man. Give us that five star, that, that comment, how you were edified by our episodes or even just this specific one. Um, even then, if, if you have a similar story, as I mean, I'm, I, I, I want to say this now, as we're going through this series, um, through the five points of Calvinist, Calvinism 
and really just expounding on each one of the the, the points um, if you have a similar story or if you have in any way been casted out by your church or or any anything and, and you would like to share mm-hmm. leave us a voicemail on the mm-hmm. anchor app Amen. you could look at the episode details wherever you're listening to us at whether it be spotify apple um, stitcher wherever there's going to be on the bottom of the episode notes it's going to be a link to our voicemail leave us a voicemail share your story um, with grace um, so that we we could share these stories and you know what it is it is only by the grace of god because this only will edify the believer that you know what you're not alone we are all here with you and if you like martin said are still um with the church that does not hold to these teachings stay stay as long as you can um by the grace of god that that you may be used to help and and shed light on these things ask questions that they may dive deeper into the word that they may come to understand the things that you believe because just as god was gracious with us in coming to these things be gracious with others um, Amen. so yeah and uh, i gotta say too that if you have any questions about anything that we have said on this podcast or any questions at all in general about about calvinism or or the doctrines of grace the bible um feel free to hit us up uh at the reform dasa page or uh, me you can hit me up personally on my instagram or dm me or whatever if you have any questions uh, we'll be more than happy to answer these questions for you because at the end of the day we say may god be glorified to the edification, to the edification of the saints. saints and if we're not and if we're not doing our part with answering these questions and i mean we, we gotta stick to our word and so we want to help you out if you have any questions, feel free to, to message us on the Reform Dasa or, or you can hit, hit me up on a DM or whatever it is. Um, we, we, we would love to, to help you out through this. Amen, amen. Join the movement, Reform Raza. Somos Latinos. We are into theology. We're not afraid to stand by our biblical convictions. And, you know, we roll against the, the green. We roll against the tide of current, you know, Hispanic orthodoxy i guess you could say you know pentecostal charismatic movements somos reformed latinos we are reformed chicanos we hold to um the strong you know biblical convictions and join the movement don't be afraid to stand up for sound doctrine for sound biblical teaching for jesus christ himself against a a a an atmosphere of people who are strongly against doctrine who are strongly against theology who are strongly against asking tough questions that the bible presents call yourself reform rasa you are the movement reform rasa wow hey we're starting a revolution i had a dream (laughs) (laughs) this is reform rasa and we are out of here gracias and may god be glorified for the edification of the saints. Reform Razor. Later.
like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear? The I first believed my chains are Forever. 